Hello there, you're welcome to another interesting edition of Sport Africana. You're welcome to the special edition of the African Cup of Nations, brought to you by MTN. And by the time you're listening to this broadcast, the finals have just ended between Senegal and Egypt. And the winner is Senegal, winning the Africa Cup of Nations for the first time, winning the Africa Cup of Nations after three tries. They defeated the Egyptians on penalties when we all thought that as the game was wearing on, this game was looking like the Egyptians' day. But alas, Senegal has won the Africa Cup of Nations for the first time. My name is Oba Adiola Amokomo, and I'm going to be, we're going to be looking at the game in details. And of course, at the end of this broadcast, I'm going to be talking to Mamadou Ba, a Gambian journalist, to talk us through Gambians' exploits at the African Cup of Nations. Be right back after this break. Don't go away. MTN, your number one telecommunication network in Nigeria, has been supporting sports development in Nigeria, particularly football. As part of its corporate responsibility, they are the official telecommunications partner to the Super Eagles of Nigeria and have supported the team at the current Cup of Nations in Cameroon. Nigeria is a football-loving country and as a part of its initiative to support football fans, MTN has partnered with 140 viewing centers across Nigeria, where the fans get to watch the African Cup of Nations with some of their favorite celebrities and win amazing prizes. Yes! MTN has also shown support to media by sponsoring media personnel to African Cup of Nations so that you, the football fans, can be informed of the activities at the competition. It doesn't end there. MTN plans to gift Nigerians with cash rewards with Football Trivial Pro. So you see why we have to move with MTN? MTN, we move! Welcome back to this special edition of African Cup of Nations brought to you by MTN the number one telecommunication network in Nigeria and by extension in Africa. They've been very, very good and they've ensured that football is well supported in Nigeria. Wow. Egypt versus Senegal. Salah versus Mane. At the end of the day, Liverpool wins. With me on this podcast tonight is Tunde Koiki. Tunde, thanks for joining us again on this special edition of African Cup of Nations brought to us by MTN. The final has been played and the team we're hoping would win, or some people we're hoping would win, has taken the day. Senegal, what are your thoughts generally on the game? Yeah, thank you very much, Adela, and hello to all your fans and listeners all across the world. Really happy to be here again. For me, it was a really, really good game. It was a very, 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 very technical game. Very high, very high in technical quality. I thought both teams played masterfully. The Egyptian team, not the prettiest team. Very cautious, very technical, very tactical. They don't play expansive football. They play compact football. They are a team that are more than happy to catch you unawares, more than happy to capitalize on your mistakes, more than happy to catch you on the counter, more than happy to also catch you from set pieces. But for Senegal, they were the more expansive team. They were the one who pushed the game, who off the game. Their, their attacking impetus was really in their hands as well. And But surprisingly, throughout 120 minutes, we didn't see a goal in regulation time. A lot of people want to blame Sadio Mane for that statistic, but considering the fact that he stepped up to take the defining penalty, that is nothing short of bravery. It's, it takes a, a rare man to do that. Many years ago, 2005, I was coaching an amateur team. During the match, my best player, my best penalty taker actually lost the penalty. When he got to the shootout, he completely refused to take one, despite the fact that he was the best penalty taker in the team. So it takes, it's beyond bravery. 
stand up and do what Sadio did. So congratulations to Senegal. It was a high quality game. If you are a casual, if you are not into very deep, incisive look at football, if you are just about the goals, you would not enjoy that game. But if you are a football aficionado who really, really is a real deep student of the game, you would see just how intense that game was and how, how much quality was in it. We're going to look at the game itself. And as I'm talking to you right now, the trophy presentation is going on. Senegalese are receiving their medals, their winners' medals. It's what they are caught to be eventually given to them. And as I'm talking to you right now, Mane is actually kissing his medal. Let's look at the game. Uh, let's break down the game. Now, the game started on a high note. I mean, Senegal were on, they were on the front, on the front foot, foot yes. right from the beginning of the game. And Egypt being Egypt, we expected them to defend as quickly. What do you think? Let's look at the game tactically from both teams' perspective. How do you think mm. they started um, the game? For Egypt, it was very clear. It was all about squeezing the pitch condensing the pitch, making trying to make it as small as possible. Also, ensuring that they were cutting off the passing lane for Senegal, ensuring that the wide players, uh, the Bunasas, the Cicis, the Smalasas, were not getting enough, and sorry, Sadomani as well, were not getting enough supply on the flanks. They, basically, they were forcing the play towards the flanks, ensuring that nothing was coming through the middle, which is typically what the Egyptian team has done throughout the flanks, uh, throughout the competition. They were they are very adept at clearing the ball when it comes in from the flanks. So they shut off the middle and ensure that you are forced to go wide and try to create your chances from there. This is what they did. Mane, Ismail Asa, they were... Okay, for Egypt, the game plan was very simple. Condense the middle of the pitch as much as possible. Cut off the passing lanes. Try and um, close down their, press their men within... Um, 10, 15 meters of the edge of their box. So they are defending the width of the box, forcing the Senegalese to go wide and try to cross. Uh, so all those crosses that were coming in, they were able to clear as well as possible. At uh, uh, the moment, and the central defensive partner were absolutely brilliant in central defense, clearing and heading everything that was coming their way. But despite that tactic, the Senegalese kept on getting beyond the, uh, the Egyptian fullbacks and they were throwing in plenty of crosses. Now, if they had better cutting edge in the final third time, but they did it. So, and that was exactly what Egypt were content to do. Stifle the game, shut down the Senegalese, not allow them to get into flow, force them to go wide so that they cross and then they can clear. But for the Senegalese, hats off to them, it was a good game plan and they stopped, the fact that they should center forward, they do, and, uh, and they couldn't exactly convert, that they were uh, Bamba Diego also tested keeper from, from range. So they could have gotten the job done in 120 minutes simply because the Egyptian tactics were spot on. Their defensive their defensive strategy was also spot on. And they also had the keeper of the tournament, Gabatsky. Now, this player, before this tournament, he had only ever played four times for Egypt. But in this tournament, and he's, in my opinion, one of the players of the tournament. And, but for me, I think uh, Egyptian goalkeeper was... Uh, Gabaski was one of the players of the tournament and he was the main reason why Egypt got this far and also Egypt were able to drag Senegal into deep waters as they did. Before this tournament, they only ever played three times for Egypt in this uh, competition but because of the injury to the number one goalkeeper, that, that, that paved the way for him to show his stuff. At 32 years of age, he's been fantastic. He's definitely one of, been one of the players of the tournament as far as I'm concerned and definitely the best goalkeeper of the tournament. Those who don't know, his name is not actually Gabaski. He's actually uh, Abugamau, but his wife is Polish. So that's why he uses the last name Gabaski. So for me, he's 
definitely one of the stars of this tournament. Definitely. And I, I did put out a tweet there um, during the game that if we're going to be talking about the best keepers in Africa, I think he has to be in the conversation. Definitely has to be in the conversation on the basis of how he has performed in this competition. Now, I don't know what you think. Uh, for me, again, this game is all about Mane and Salah. And personally, I think it was a good spectacle, at least for the English audience. What do you think? Yeah, but very simple uh, to condense this game into a Salah versus Mane battle. But I think it's beyond that. I mean, there were some really fantastic players on that pitch. I mentioned uh, Gabaski, I mentioned Abdul Momen, I mentioned uh, Mohamed El Neni, who plays for, I think, sorry, I'm, I'm mentioning Mohamed El Neni, who plays for Arsenal. He's been one of the players of the tournament for me. Much maligned, but what he does on the pitch is absolutely underrated, but incredibly vital for that Egyptian team. Uh, for Senegal, I mean, the fullbacks, Sis, Bunasa, were fantastic as well. Luis was also great as well. Then, uh, of course, Sadio Mano was absolutely brilliant. I thought he, he was really, really key in ensuring that that Senegalese team kept up the pressure, kept up the intensity, kept on looking for solutions or how to breach that Egyptian defense. So, I, I mean, them. I mean, it's, it's very simple to want to say it was a Sadio Mane versus Mohamed Salah battle, but Salah didn't show up. For all, for all the hype ahead of this game, Mane was actually the most outstanding player. Apart from one or two occasions that Salah, uh, you know, threw a few flashes, for example, that attempt on, in, the, in the second half, I think, I, think Mohamed Salah, I think Mohamed Salah was very poor in this game, and Sadio Mane showed up. Definitely. Now, I'm sure you agree with me. In March, the World Cup qualifiers... Is going to be between Senegal and Egypt. So this is more like a dress rehearsal. What do you think? Or what do you make of that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a dress rehearsal. Uh, expect the same personnel. Expect, expect the same technical crew. Expect the stakes to be incredibly higher. If Egypt wants to salvage something from this, or if they don't get a ticket in this, this, to the World Cup, they would regard this 2022 as a disaster. Getting to the final of Africa Cup of Nations, losing the penalties, and also losing to Senegal over two legs will also be regarded as a disaster. For Senegal, it will be it will crown the, the greatest year ever in the history of their football if they can add FIFA World Cup ticket to the um, to the Africa Cup of Nations title, their first ever in their history. Uh, so yeah, I mean I mean the stakes are incredibly high, incredibly incredibly high. But for I, I have to, I can't you know I can't but mention at least you say congratulations to this man. You know he's faced a lot of pressure before this tournament. Some people are beginning to move against him that, look, you've been here for six, eight years. You really haven't been able to take this team beyond this, beyond the final. Maybe as a player in 2002, lost the decisive final in that shootout against Cameroon, got to the final uh, in 2019, uh, losing 1-0 uh, to Algeria as well. And finally getting you know, his hands on the, on the trophies is a magnificent effort. Uh, on that note, we would like to go on a shot. And when we come back, we'll be talking about how does this fare for Super Eagles in the light of this right now? We'll be right back after this break. M2 
MTN, your number one telecommunication network in Nigeria, has been supporting sports development in Nigeria, particularly football. As part of its corporate responsibility, they are the official telecommunications partner to the Super Eagles of Nigeria and have supported the team at the current Cup of Nations in Cameroon. Nigeria is a football-loving country and as a part of its initiative to support football fans, MTN has partnered with 140 viewing centers across Nigeria, where the fans get to watch the African Cup of Nations with some of their favorite celebrities and win amazing prizes. Yes! MTN has also shown support to media by sponsoring media personnel to African Cup of Nations so that you, the football fans, can be informed of the activities at the competition. It doesn't end there. MTN plans to gift Nigerians with cash rewards with Football Trivial Pro. So you see why we have to move with MTN? MTN, we move! You're welcome back to this interesting edition of Sports Africana, the African Cup of Nations edition brought to you by MTN. MTN has been very outstanding supporting the African Cup of Nations. They are the official sponsors to the Nigerian Super Eagles. They've been supportive. They are the official telecommunication partners with the Super Eagles. And they've also supported about 140 viewing centers across Nigeria where people get to watch the games with some of their favorite celebrities and win amazing prizes. And of course, they've been planning to give many gifts to Nigeria with cash rewards via football trivia promos. And of course, in addition to that, MTN has supported media by ensuring that they get to the African Cup of Nations to bring coverage so that you, the soccer fans, will be able to enjoy the African Cup of Nations. Today, what do you make of MTN so far, their contribution in this competition, the African Cup of Nations? They've been absolutely brilliant. They've done quite a lot in ensuring that fans all across Africa can enjoy this. I mean, their data services are pretty much second to none. For fans who can watch the Africa Cup of Nations on TV, uh, live streaming has also been an option for them. And a lot of people have been doing that via their mobile devices, via laptops and their computers as well. Uh, connectivity, uh, NTM is present in God knows how many African countries, which means that fans across the continent themselves can also share and enjoy the, the atmosphere of the Africa Cup of Nations as well. Also supporting viewing centers across Nigeria to improve a culture that has existed in Nigeria where people like to gather and aggregate to share the joy of football together in public. A lot of people actually have cable TV or TVs at home, but they love to go to enjoy the atmosphere of the viewing centers and MTN sponsoring that and also amplifying that has also been wonderful to see. So I want I just want to thank MTN for everything that they've done especially across the Africa Cup of Nations, and hopefully uh, they'll continue to do more. Don't forget that the official telecom partners of the Super Eagles of Nigeria will need more of their support as the playoffs of the Qatar 2022 World Cup comes up uh, next month. In addition to that, they also support all the national teams as well too, not just the Super Eagles. Oh, yeah. So MTN, so. thank you very much for being a very good supporter that's supporting sport development in Nigeria. Now, talking about Super Eagles, we can look at this game and say, maybe Nigeria ought to be here at this point in time. What do you think? How does it make you feel? Yeah, disappointment because I know that this Nigeria football has tremendous potential. Tremendous potential. Nigeria has won, is one of the countries that has won more medals at the Africa Cup of Nations than, than most countries. Nigeria has played in the semi-finals of the Africa Cup of Nations than any other country. When you consider the fact that, you know, if we had just converted, even if just half, of those um, opportunities. We would have even won more Nations Cup titles than even Egypt. So it's uh, it's heartbreaking when you consider the tremendous potential that abounds in this country and the fact that, you know, we've been bogged down by so many issues 
administrative incompetence being uh, a key factor and and um, and also a, a lack of um, focus regarding what it is that we want to achieve it has really hamstrung Nigerian football. It could have been Nigeria. But, um, we can only we can only we only have ourselves to blame. Talking about the Super Eagles again, I mean the issue of the Super Eagles manager has not been fully sorted out. There's no official statement yet for the Super Eagles. There are rumors bantering there that it's going to be either Augustine Aguavon assisted by Emmanuel Amuneke to coach them through the World Cup qualifying series. And I don't know what you're hearing. Nothing seems to have changed. But what, but what are you hearing from where you are? Yeah, this is what, part of what I talked about uh, when I said uh, administrative incompetence. We have a match uh, barely weeks away and the issue of who will be handling the Nigerian national team in those very crucial qualifiers has not been sorted. You know, I, I mean, heard that there was a Jose Pesero, Portuguese national, who had been appointed, who, who had been spoken to ahead of uh, the, the African Cup of Nations. He was supposed to take over after the Nations Cup. We don't know how far that is going now. We're here. I'm also pretty much in the dark, as you are, about this uh, Eguavon and um, uh, Emmanuel Munique collaboration as well. So we really need to get our act sorted if we want to qualify for Qatar 2022. Talking about that, our opponent, Ghana, which I've, I have termed it the Jollof Rice Derby. Ghana apparently has appointed uh, Chris Hilton after so much daily dying with the FA. The FA wanted Otto Addo. The sport ministry wanted Chris Hilton. Now, Chris Hilton is one person I admire so much. I'm a Newcastle fan, and I knew what he did for Newcastle when we got relegated in the 2009-2010 season, and he brought us back up. So he's one gentleman that is hugely respected in that part of the um, that part of England. It, it is said that he's been appointed as the manager of the Black Stars of Ghana. What do you make of this? Ghana too seems to be in a bit of a disarray, just like their brothers Nigeria. What do you think? Or what do you make of this? Well, if they've appointed Chris Hutton, then there's no, there's no more disarray. They've actually settled on the man that they want. And Chris Hutton has interesting ties with Ghana. His father is originally from Ghana. And uh, very interesting as, as well, one of his daughters actually is married to a Nigerian. So somehow, somewhere, this, uh, there's a lot riding on this for Chris Hutton. If Ghana beats uh, <laughs> Nigeria, I'm sure his son is in law, wouldn't want to talk to him again. And if Nigeria beats uh, Ghana, the son in law will probably be a person of Gata in his household, but I'm just joking. It's, it's going to be very interesting, uh, that, that particular game, because there's, I mean, I've talked about the fact that Nigeria and Ghana have so many cultural and economic and historical ties between them. So, and, and there's so much riding on this. The banter is going to be timeless. The games are going to be high stakes. And so we really want to see how that pans out. Nigeria has chosen the MK Abiola. Stadium in Abuja as the venue for their home leg for of that uh, encounter. Ghana is yet to settle on on a venue, so we'll still see how that pans out. But it's a match that a lot of people are looking forward to. It's still in the background now because everybody pretty much focused on the Africa Cup of Nations final. Uh, there's still a lot of European football to be played. There's still a little bit of time before everything comes up. But two weeks to that game, trust me, uh, West Africa is going to be very heated. Thank you very much, Chunde. And as we're talking, I can just tell you that um, the individual players award has been given to the players. Eduard Mendy has been is the best goalkeeper of the tournament. Vincent Abubakar. 
well, I disagree with that as well. I personally thought this Kabaski of Egypt, but well, the uh, the, the, the technical the, um, the technical study group have made their choice. Of course, Vincent Abubakar is the highest goal scorer of the of the competition. So um, those are the individual awards. And um, once again, congratulations to Senegal. And what do you generally, as as we begin to round up, what do you think? Uh, will be the impression of um, Jürgen Klopp. <laughs> well, I'm sure Herr Klopp is a very happy man. Two of his key players starting on the biggest stage on the African continent. Fortunately, uh, they can be only one winner. So it's like, it's like asking the father which one of his children that he loves the most. You know, that's a pretty difficult question. He's just happy the fact about the fact that, you know, both of them are key players and stars in their own right in their, in their respective countries. Uh, both of them got to play in the final. One of them uh, won it, the other one is a runner-up. So he's just happy that you know both of them um, have uh, starred brilliantly for their, co- for their countries in this competition. And hopefully both of them uh, will return back to England as quickly as possible. They have a very crucial Premier League game on Thursday against uh, Leicester City. So I'm sure he'll be more than happy to see them with uh, his uh, well-known, uh, very warm, warm hugs. And I'm sure that uh, Mohamed Salah definitely can do one of those hugs tonight. He's been absolutely distraught. Uh, after the final. And talking about them returning back to the to their clubs, it was said that seven of the Al um, the Al-Ali players that play for Egypt might be flying straight to the Club World Cup. One Edward Mendy as well too might have to join Chelsea in time for that competition. What do you think of that? To be honest, I think it was actually it's just really bad timing on 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 the part of FIFA. This was really ridiculous. It was totally unacceptable. They known about the dates of the Africa Cup of Nations for months. It was not it was nothing new. So putting it right smack basically towards the tail end of, of the competition, I, I think it was a bit uh, unfair on the part of FIFA. But thankfully I'm sure these players will be more than happy to, you know, return to their clubs and uh, help them in their push for, for, for glory as well. But honestly, I think FIFA could and should have done better in terms of the timing for the FIFA Club World Cup. Thank you very much today for joining us on Spot Africana. It's always a pleasure to have you on, on, on this podcast. And when we return, I'm going to be joining Mamadou Ba, who I caught up with. And he, took, he talked me through the exploits of the Gambian national team, how they performed so well. I'm sure you know one of the highlights of this competition where the minor teams who, or the minor teams who, you know, astounded themselves or punched above their weights. And I'm going to be catching up with Mohamed Baba. Be right back after this break. MTN, your number one telecommunication network in Nigeria, has been supporting sports development in Nigeria, particularly football. As part of its corporate responsibility, they are the official telecommunications partner to the Super Eagles of Nigeria and have supported the team at the current Cup of Nations in Cameroon. Nigeria is a football-loving country and as a part of its initiative to support football fans, MTN has partnered with 140 viewing centers across Nigeria, where the fans get to watch the African Cup of Nations with some of their favorite celebrities and win amazing prizes. Yes! MTN has also shown support to media by sponsoring media personnel to African Cup of Nations so that you, the football fans, can be informed of the activities at the competition. It doesn't end there. MTN plans to gift Nigerians with cash rewards with Football Trivial Pro. So you see why we have to move with MTN? MTN, we move! 
Thank you for joining us, Mamadou. It's been a long time. I spoke to you about two years ago. Nice to have you on Sport Africana. And congratulations as well. I think Gambia, the team you support, the country where you're from, has been quite phenomenal. So first of all, what is the mood like in Gambia in the light of the recent performance of the Gambian team? Thanks. Thanks for having me. The mood back home has been nothing but positive following the team's exploit here. Many people are surprised that the team did so well. That the amount of support that they have from, from fellow compatriots back home has been nothing but phenomenal. Un- unbelievable. I'm doing this interview done in my Scorpion shirt and during the exciting three weeks that the Scorpions enjoyed in the this, um, 2021 Afghan think um, these colors done every, everywhere. Uh, people go to work wearing the Scorpions jersey. Everybody's really really proud of the Scorpions because from a small country even most of the fans didn't even expect um, the team to do so well at the tournament qualifying from the group level on points with the first place conceding only one goal it was a penalty going to the quarterfinals and to the round of 16 without conceding a goal from open play unbelievable unbelievable and, and I think they gave Gambians reason to believe not only in football but in life in general that you you should never give up during, during the expert every, every, with all the difficulties back home people having in their own lives they brought a positive energy we reunited the country first before the tournament few, few weeks before the tournament we we just came out of the, the general elections that's the presidential elections and even though Gambia is a calm pretty country but you have things here and there some some people disputing that the results of the post part the scorpions just push everything aside and just bring that positive vibe you know the real aura from the smiling coast everyone is smiling and yeah yeah, unfortunately, it ended in the quarterfinals, but everybody is proud and, and they are getting back home today. And I know if people will come out to, come out to support them, it will live for long, for the rest of our lives. And, and everybody is proud. Thank you very much. So in the light of the performance of the, the Scorpions, is there any reception being planned for the team? Any sort of rewards or incentive to sort of thank them and of course encourage them as well to back home from the, the main government? I don't I don't I don't know what's the, what the government has in place, but but I know the players uh, in the qualified for the round of sixteen, I think. Yeah, the round of sixteen or the quarterfinals. Because you you know um, the further you, the further you go in the tournament, the more you uh, the prize the prize money increases. So each each of the players, I think, promised ten ten thousand US dollars from from the prize money, which is different from the win bonuses. So and I I don't know what is in is in store for them um, when they get they start in home on Monday, but due to issues with the with the charter flight, they they only leave in today Tuesday. Even, even though some of some of the players have left for their clubs because. They are just few. They were allowed few few days to be in Gambia now. Now that the delay, so nine nine players have rejoined their clubs. But um, the players that will be in that flight with the fans that are back home, I know they will, they will receive a great reception. And and you never know, extra rewarding uh, might 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 be waiting for them. But uh, whatever the case, I know the support during the tournament. The players are really really happy about. It. And the massive support that they receive from Gambians, and, and they've been all been talking about it, posting, tweeting about it on social social media since during the tournament and, and even when they exited. So, what was it normally? When-
when you um, when you are booted out of a competition, um, you always sad, disappointed from the players' perspective. Yes, they are disappointed to kind of exit at the quarterfinals, but but they are really proud of what they achieved, and, and not only in football, as I said, on the outside of football, the, the positive energy that, that they brought kind of, to the smiling course for them, they really savor that for kind of, for the rest of their lives. Um, I saw online earlier on, um, I think in one of the social media pages, you cannot underestimate the work that Tom Centerfield has put in and the Scorpion since he took over the reign as the manager. And there are rumors, you know, some of the big countries are gone in after Tom Centerfield, obviously, in the light of the event, the recent event, how he's taken a little Gambian team to all the way to the quarterfinals. How true is this? Or they're just mere speculations. For me, I'm, I'm, uh, his his name is making the rounds. Even when when he qualified, um, there there were some media speculations that um, Ritini were interested. But I put the question to him <laughs> whenever I see any anything related to him. I I can get my phone and just <laughs> um, send him a message or or a call to ask. And and for him, they are not true. Uh, that is what he told me. That is what I can believe. Yeah, he has no, no one contacted him and just to use the phrase that he used, the only person that um, that called him is um, uh, the wife. So, so, <laughs> so he received no no inquiries from, from the Tunisian Federation and according to him, he has no, so still committed to his um, long-term contract with the government. So he has said previously that he, he wanted the day that he took the job, he, he wants to qualify the government for the Afghan and of course, um, through the World Cup and the World Cup that, that he was targeting was in 2026. So we've made AFCON quarterfinal. We start preparation for the next AFCON in Kuduva in just what over a year from now, and and then build on to to, to the next World Cup. And you being a Gambian journalist and being Cameroon, what has been the reception like in Cameroon? What has been the reception for, among your fellow media men from other countries or the the supporters? How have they received Gambian? What is the impression of the Gambian's performance and the team in general? Everyone has been surprised. Some, especially for those that haven't followed the Gambian closely over the last three, three and a half years. For them, they follow the Teki Pei, the small country punching above its weight. So that everyone has been, has been proud. You know, since the last, the last edition in in Egypt, when when the tournament was expanded to 24 teams, there has been a lot of talk. Of the 24 teams who have small small countries qualifying who will not be able to match up to your big brothers, Nigerias, your your Ghanas, and all that who who all underperforming this tournament uh, at to some point. But um, we saw Madagascar never qualified the last time. We made it, I think, to the quarterfinals. This time round, we have two debutants, Gambia and Comoros, making it to the round of 16. And Comoros received the manner in which they exited the tournament. Two of their goalkeepers were, were COVID positive. The third was injured. They have an infield player, defender playing in goal. And, and you said, how, how they perform against Cameroon of all people? 2 2 1. Onana, the goalkeeper, made some fantastic saves to, to deny the Islanders. So, so that, that talk of Increasing the tournament, having the smaller teams, they will not be competitive, they will just make the numbers. Countries like Madagascar before, now here, Gambia, the Gambia and Comoros have 
just push that negative energy aside to say it is just a myth. There is you you, you cannot back that with anything. The stats are there. These small countries have come and, and basically use the word killed the bigger guns in this in in this tournament. So everyone, even though for him, I'm, I came to the tournament for CAF, part, part of the CAF media, but as Gambia, many, many people know me in the media, every, everyone has been said, you're really impressed about your team, how well you've done. And of course, how the manner in which the team comported itself during during the tournament, even when um, when we lost against Cameroon, it already disappointed some of the players were FTAs, but the team just nailed in the middle of the pitch in prayers and and after them went to, to the Gambian fans um, to, um, to, to thank them for um, for the support. So we've really we've really showed discipline, that room and um, honor as well that um, we are really happy to be here and then and then and then we came um, for me I think um, the Gambia is the real winner. The Gambia are the winners of the AFCON 20 2021. Moving forward now, who would you say was your own standout player of the top for, from the Gambian team that you think really, I mean, obviously the entire team put in a shift, but there would have been that one player that you felt, well, really gave that five-star performance that would have caught the attention of the football world. And just to let you know as well too, I the other day I watched the interview of Tom Setterfield on Sky Sport News and trust me, I felt very, very proud seeing him. Absolutely, I'm mean, he- He's a great motivator of the team and and all and and yeah he, he, for us in the media uh, you want people like uh, uh to, to sit on the, in front of the camera or or just uh, be in front of the of the mic uh, because uh, you know he gives you fantastic quotes and and also very very straight and and, and very honest as well and um, for me as you said um, the entire team gave a real good account of themselves. Um, it's more of a team performance, but yeah, so many players stand out. Uh, Musa Baro, uh, who's been involved with all the goals, Aplai Jalo, young James Gomez, who's former captain of the under-20s. He, he made his debut last June for the senior national team, and he came here as first choice young defender. Omar Kuli as well, fantastic at the back. He marshaled the, the back. The goalkeepers as well, the goalkeepers, the goalkeepers that have played more job in the in the first two matches. Babukar Gay, um, fantastic storyline and his tournament. He was positive when the when the team went to the pre-tournament camp in Doha. Uh, the team left him behind. He had to stay for what the next two weeks. Missed the first game. Joined the team after the first game. And he came down, uh, put up some fantastic performances. Even the match against Cameroon, world-class saves from Bubakar's point-blank range header. So many, so so many players for me really stand out. Suleiman Mare in in the middle of the pack, even the captain uh, Pamuri Jai, who who was also called on uh, half an hour before kickoff. They all put up a fantastic fight. So for me, it was a team performance. All the players that came in really fought for the team. And but yeah, the players I mentioned, yeah, uh, with the goals and the stats are there, um, are there to back to back that they had a good tournament. So everybody should be proud. Thank you very much, uh, Mamadou. Thanks for your time, and um, I know you're very busy, and really appreciate you joining Sports Africana, and we'll speak to catch on with you very soon. Thank you, thank you. Always, always a pleasure to have you.
Welcome back to Spot Africana. That was Mamadou Ba, and he explained how the Gambians are feeling, what they've done, how it has changed the landscape of football in Gambia. That's it. And until we come here again with another interesting edition of Spot Africana, stay safe. And thanks to MTN for bringing this special edition to us. And um, to come here again, have a wonderful evening and stay safe. <laughs>